0: Welcome back to the Speak Out Loud podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. Here we are in the middle of fall. Yes. And we just, man, we're so thankful you're back again to listen to another episode.
1: Yeah, we're just thankful that it's not 105 degrees, and that makes everybody in a better mood.
0: It definitely does.
1: (laughs) So we're thankful for that. It definitely
0: does. And today, Stace, we have a very special guest. Yes. And um, we want to just briefly introduce her and let her share about herself. So joining us today is Karen Ross. Mm -hmm. Those in the Oklahoma City area that our listeners may recognize her. She is a member of the local media. She is the food and travel host for our News 9, which is our CBS affiliate here in Oklahoma City and central Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. She's well known as a chef, as a cook, as a well-known traveler, um, just all kinds of things, and has written a cookbook and has her you know, well known social handles as the Sassy Mama. So, That's right. matter of fact, we mentioned we were doing this a few weeks ago, some of our best friends, and she looked up, and she goes, The Sassy Mama. So she <laughs> knew right who you were. She and um, she was excited we're going to get to talk to you. Which
1: is kind of ir- ironic. Okay just putting these two together is, uh, you know, how I struggle with food so much. And now we have you on, and this is just, I'm going to learn a lot. So I appreciate your being a foodie and all these things because I just never have been. And so, um, you know, we're always changing. So we'll see. And the funny thing is, is I work for the Harvey Bakery. Oh, and wow. And so um, Lori and Lauren are dear friends to us and their family and everything. And so their daughter, Elise, is on our board for Speak Out Loud. And so we were just like, I'm inundated with food all the time, even though it's my hardest <laughs> <Yes>. thing. <laughs> so this well, will be interesting. Yes. Yeah.
0: This is a great time. Well, and Karen and I are both from the same hometown. And that really was probably the the source of our connection here. Karen and I are from Bartlesville, Oklahoma. So probably the best small town in America, in our opinions, at least. And, you know, and so great place to grow up. And uh, we actually went, we were just kind of chatting. It's like, oh, my gosh, we went to the same elementary school. I was just a little bit ahead of Karen as far as graduating a little bit earlier than she did. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have that in common and probably just... You know, because of that Bartlesville connection and the miracle of social media, reconnected yeah. a few years ago. Uh, we've got a chance to watch her and her life, and see, and also Karen graciously reached yeah. out to us and yeah. uh, just several months ago and said, "Hey, I'd love to come on with you guys and and share her story." So we're going to get to that in just a second. Mm-hmm. But Karen, before we do, let me pitch it to you and just
2: okay. invite
0: you to share about yourself and let the folks know who you are and what okay. you're about.
2: What am I about? Wow. <laughs> That's a loaded question. Well, um, I am, like you said, I am a uh, wife and I'm a mom and I'm a gal that got a crazy break in her forties. I just happened to uh, like to cook and I entered a crazy contest and I won it and then my life literally changed. But before then, I had made some deals and I think I've now been doing it for twelve years and I feel like it all you know you kind of see where things happen and you look back and my mom used to say hindsight is 2020 and it is perfectly 2020. And if you I always like talk to people and I'm like, oh if you don't believe in God or you don't have that relationship, I think it'd be hard to walk through life because Mm -hmm. I can't look at my own life and not think there is definitely something divine involved because nobody can go through some of this stuff and make it to the other side without some type of higher power to lead you along i I just it's just for all those people out there they're like "Eh, i don't know i'm not i'm a very i'm a journalist i'm a skeptic i i look at something and i want to know why and i want to know how but something you just have to have faith in sure that's right
0: well, something that was really fascinating as I was reading your bio was you have cooked mm-hmm. live in Rockefeller Center in New York City.
2: Yes. Ah. So tell us
0: about that experience. At that Christmas
2: was. time. Yes. Oh my oh, gosh. Wow. What a place. Yeah. I had just won uh, that Paula Dean thing and I actually was an employee for Kraft Foods. So I was I was internet famous. And okay. I uh, for these tailgate sandwiches I made. Well, Kraft was launching a new product. Um, and they wanted us to cook with it. And so they had the four of us that had won this competition and we had just done the Rachel Ray show. And then we went and they had this, uh, this area set up at Rockefeller center Mm -hmm. and it was so cool. It was for real simple magazine and we cooked live during, I know during Christmas, I do too during christmas time and it was just magical i mean you it kind of felt famous but then i had yeah. to walk back to my scuzzy hotel that had roaches in it <laughs> don't even get me started on that and then you're like yeah. oh yeah here we go but for the moment you felt pretty popular and i mean sure. it's hard not to feel in the christmas spirit you know at rockefeller center in the middle of christmas time it was magical it was the coolest Definitely. one of the coolest things
0: that and now you so host, cool. and that's amazing. And, and now you host a weekly segment on News Nine, focused on food, and then on travel, and also maybe eating out, restaurants. Yeah, and stuff like yeah.
2: That. And they really, you know, what I've loved about News Nine is that they have let me just any idea I have. They're like, you know, we kind of thresh, you know, go through it a little bit, and they're like, yeah, let's do it, Karen. I'm an old print journalist. But oh, okay. you know, I w- wrote for the school paper, and I worked for the city paper, and I was a writer. And you know, to translate that to be on the air is a totally different thing. I mean, sure. I can talk to a wall, so sure. that helps.
0: <laughs> well, you do a great job, and you're Thank really you. Extre- you know, well known. Um, just you've got an. You know, I think the thing to to know you on social media just to get to talk to you. I think maybe one of the best descriptions is you and your family are just full of life.
2: Yeah. And, yeah. And I think
0: so, that's um, very
2: nice. Thank you. Very you nice. Know,
0: well, I mean that genuinely <laughs> you're full of life. And I think that's, you know, one of the yeah. things that that our podcast is about is is really the purpose of this is to bring hope to people, particularly as they struggle with mental health and for those who love and support them, which is Stacy's and my our, our journey throughout our lives together on marriage. And so what you're sharing and we're going to get into your story here in just a second. People need to know there's hope there's life mm-hmm. and, and that those things can be experienced. So, Absolutely. you know, and, and what we see in you just even in the short time we've had a chance to visit is it's genuine. This isn't mm-hmm. your stage persona. It's mm-hmm. certainly genuine. It's who you and your family are. So thank you for that. Thank you for thank being you. here and joining us. So um, hold
1: on. I have yeah. one question before yes. we start for you, Karen. Okay. We'll get into the nitty gritty are you comfortable with saying what your favorite restaurant is in Oklahoma city? Are you, you know,
0: because we have no sponsors. This is, this is, Um, mm.
1: okay. Maybe you can tell us one Italian, one Mexican, one Asian. Okay.
2: I am not good with names on a lot of restaurants. Um, Okay. I am a lover of the Mexican food trucks.
0: Yes. Gotcha. Yeah.
2: Parked anywhere. Yes. I don't know. They're fabulous. Mm-hmm. I'm not a lover of, I, I, my family, my mother is from uh, California. So I like a fresh Mex approach to Mexican food mm-hmm. and I can get more of that authentic type of, I love the Birria tacos at Yo Pablo's. Mm. I crave those, like you dip it, like it's a, oh, yeah. it's yummy. Mm-hmm. I crave those. Um, I'd say I love Korean food. Oh, My yes. son is in love with a girl, Ellie, and she's Korean. And oh, wow. um, okay. I have just absolutely learned to love that culture and to really learn about it. And it's really interesting. And Midwest City has a lot of great Korean restaurants. Okay. Um oh. Oh, yeah, and I love the Asian grocery store on 23rd, one of my favorites.
0: Okay. Okay. We live just about half a mile north of there, so we're familiar with that area. Oh, okay, yeah, I love
2: it. And then Italian food. You know, I loved the food at, um, I loved Nona's. She made a great red sauce. Um, I miss that, but I do like the new um, Italian restaurant that's in the Nona's old restaurant.
0: Okay. Okay. Gotcha.
2: Uh, it's wonderful. So I love that, but I also I'm a lover of Victoria's
1: and Norman. Sure. Okay.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Love it. That's so good. Thank you. Thank you for telling us. Now we know where to I like eat. it.
0: Well, and and Karen, we're going to have all your information in the show notes for okay, this sure. episode. So to not only hear Karen's restaurant favorites but to see and maybe find some of her favorite recipes, you can you can find her there and follow along. And so Karen, one other question I have to ask you before we uh, we move on. Both native Bartians, which is our hometown. Bartions, that's what
2: we're known as, yes. What
0: real quick, best part for you about growing up in Bartlesville?
2: Oh wow. It's every summer and it's always about the third week of May. I get this giddy feeling. And I get so excited because I it just it actually I dream about it sometimes. Mm-hmm. The Elk's pool.
0: Okay. Yeah. Was my
2: favorite thing. And we would ride our bikes to the Elk's pool. Yeah. And you, the lifeguards, were just literally like an 80s teen movie. <laughs> they were a mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they would they just did horrible stuff to us kids. I mean, but we had so much fun, and we would play sharks and minnows with the lifeguards, Kitty Johnson, Kathy Kelleher. All of us would show up at the Elks Pool, David Hess, yeah. David Cop, you know that's very names, group. yeah. I know. Yeah, and we would all go to the pool and drive the lifeguards crazy. And but they would play sharks and minnows with us, and we played baseball with nerf balls, and it just yep. it was a it was a sweet way to grow up. And we rode our bikes there, and if it, it started to rain, my mother didn't pick me up. She told me to pedal faster. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> No, that was a great place. I remember, was, um, I, I don't think we had membership there, but I had a lot of friends. So I get yeah, to go in. you didn't need and, a membership. And uh, I remember playing the the gutter ball where you'd try to throw. I'm sure it yeah. irritated a lot of people throwing balls across the pool.
2: The lady that get whacked with it just yeah. scream. <laughs> yeah. Or the lady that's reading by the pool in the 80s and gets so mad because you'd splash your book. And we'd be like, lady, don't sit by the pool if you don't want to get wet." Yeah. yeah, but gutter ball, you take and you throw the yeah. ball it was the it, it
0: was a classic 80s movie scene. I mean, if for our, our yeah. younger visitors, uh, Stranger Things without the scary horror stuff. It was just that setting for sure. It yeah. was
2: just that setting. Like, I remember them taking a golf ball and they stuck it in the pump of the pool the whole summer and then gave it to Kenny Johnson because we wanted to see what was on the inside of the golf ball.
0: Oh my god! I don't
2: know how good that was for the filtration system. Now that yeah, I have my yeah. own pool and I'm an adult, <laughs> but as kids, this was awesome. Yeah, yeah.
0: it was. There's so many great things, and and of course, you had to be pretty little. But uh, I think our our children even now talk about, hey, one day they want to take their kids to Kitty Park, and uh, you know, the our Kitty kid, my, my mother was still living when our kids were yes. little, and we take we take the kids to Kitty Park <sighs> and. It was a little blast. So yeah. I
2: just went back a couple years ago, and I did drive by the Kitty Park, and it did make my heart to see it yeah. still there. I was like, yes. You remember when they got the moon bouts, and that was like the hugest thing because we had oh, entered yeah. the 80s? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big deal. So for all
0: of those non-Bartlesville listeners, <laughs> uh, the Kitty, Kitty park. park was kind of this special, just kind of little, uh, I don't know, just Pollyanna world almost. It a. It was. Um, kids amusement park in Bartlesville mm-hmm. and then I played baseball all through high school and loved yes. baseball and the stadium was right by there so every yeah. night you know you'd hear the the, the train and the smoke it, coming yeah. by and it was it was just you know it was pretty uh pretty special place yeah. for sure it was a,
2: it was a really yeah. leave it to beaverland is what my husband yeah. called it when he went it yeah. was a lot like stranger things is really the only yeah. <laughs> way to explain we lived in a really kind of safe yeah. place
0: we did well, we're blessed, and that was. We that were was very a- blessed, for sure. Well, hey, as we get into our discussion, um, so so Karen reached out to us a couple of months ago and had uh, maybe seen some of our podcasts, some of our themes. Just asked, hey, just volunteered, and say, I'd love to come on and share my story. And one of the things Karen I was going to tell you, I was really impressed by, was I remember just in the back of my head, you had I'd seen some posts you had shared maybe a couple of years ago even. Mm-hmm. And it might have been—I can't remember what the setting. If it was in January, talking about dry or sober January. Yeah. You—you you were posting essentially, say, "Hey, here's my story," and if you—you know—have any questions about why—why why you should also do this, just basically let me know. I'd love to talk to you. Right. And I always it stuck in my mind about how impressed I was. You were willing, you know, with you are a public figure, and you were willing oh. to share that and reach mm-hmm. out and uh, be vulnerable, essentially, like that to kind of the world out there in social media world. And, and you reached out to us and said, you know, if if it would fit, and we definitely thought it fit, you definitely. know, you would, you would want to, you know, we'd love to you to share your story about struggle with alcohol you had and, and your experience of uh, finding sobriety and living in sobriety and just what that's meant to you. So, so we are thrilled you're coming on. And yeah. I think for us, you know, one of the things that our, our desire to be as, as podcast hosts, but as we share our story is to be genuine. And I think, you know, one of the things that we can all connect around is that, you know, if you've been through something like that, and stacy has got a great story of recovery, still living out recovery through mental illness, is that if you've done something and you've been on that, even if it's not the same exact experience, you can connect and That's share. Right. Oh,
1: absolutely. There's a lot of
0: shared points in absolutely. that Absolutely.
1: For it to be the same thing, yeah, we cut off three-fourths of our people who follow because most people don't have an issue with food right no thing and they may you know err on one side or the other of you know their loneliness eating or different things like that but it it doesn't have to be the exact same struggle for you to have been through a lot and oh um,
2: yeah I I agree and and we usually, learn a lot yeah and 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 studies will show that um People with addictive personalities also have control issues. Mm-hmm. So actually I, I was bulimic all through high school. I wow. got really, really thin. My dad was very fixated on my weights. And so, you know, how some girls go through puberty, um, really gracefully. And like, you don't even know they've gone through it. And some of them, it's just an absolute train wreck. Yeah. That was me. And so I got, I don't know if I could say this. I got boobs in like the fifth grade. That's a total hot mess. Mm-hmm. I hated that. Sure. And, and then, you know, I was just kind of chubby and chunky. And if I think my dad had left me alone, like I was on, I was on um, Weight Watchers mm. when I was 12. And at 13, I was on Nutrisystem. My yeah. dad did all this. I was sitting in the third grade with um, a Sega. Back then, they weren't like um, a Sega drink, which was basically a diet drink. Right. And Mrs. Eccleston said, don't you ever sin, told my mother, don't ever send Karen, with another drink like that. Pack her a proper lunch. Wow. So, you know, it's all of that. I looked back through all that and I really had to think about all of this stuff I'd been through that was really me trying to control my environment. So then, you know, the diet wasn't working, so I'm going to be bulimic. So I could eat the ice cream, but I could get rid of it. And I lost a lot of weight that way, but it's not maintainable. It made me very sick. Yeah. As you know. Yeah. Um, but then I got, when I got older, but then it would go away and I would be fine. And then another something would happen. And then I'm a real, uh, I clench like my teeth anyway. So yes. my husband will say, I don't keep my mouth shut a lot, but I clench more than he thinks. And so through the years, I think I just kind of like, uh, and then if it would get too much, I had to have some outlet to, to mm-hmm. relax. Yeah. However, that might be. And it wasn't healthy.
0: Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And that's Absolutely. really fascinating because there's so many. I think, Stacey, you're just sitting here saying, man, there's so many similarities yeah. mm-hmm. to your story and, and a lot of things that just in that same era, that same generation. So. So, wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. Well, we've kind of gotten into it. Um, but but, Karen, anything else you would say? Well, that's maybe some of the beginning part of that journey. You know, as you moved along, what led you to a place where you realized, I may have a problem here, and two, and what also made you realize, okay, I I really need some help to deal with with this issue with alcohol?
2: Well, um, you know, honestly, um, in Bartlesville, kind of the joke in high school was, is that uh, there wasn't a lot to do. If you weren't playing baseball like that, Mm -hmm. you were either uh, being um, kind of... uh, bloody mm-hmm. or you were drinking a lot well I grew up Catholic so I didn't do the other but I really enjoyed drinking so in high school I drank a little bit middle school I drank I experimented a lot and then by high school I'd kind of gotten it out of my system and when I went off to college honestly I didn't just do it a ton you know I was pretty much under control I wasn't the typical college kid that went in and just was like wow ah!
0: i mean yeah.
2: granted i mean thank god there's no videos by the way sure. social media i mean because i'm sure I'll have well, we're, we're
0: all fortunate we were in college with social media for amen sure. amen <laughs>
2: definitely god gave us a we dodged that one yes <laughs> so um i was lucky but it was really interesting it was a um um, how do I say this? I, when I reflect and I look back and I think that what happened is I had, when I had children, there used to be this joke about um, mommy's little sippy cup. Yes. I remember that. You remember that? Oh, it sure. was okay. They really kind of preached this moms have a glass of wine in the evening. You can relax. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I can do that. Yes. It is stressful to have little people. Well, my problem is I could rationalize anything. I mean, it's supposed to be like a six ounce glass, which is six ounces is three quarters of a cup, maybe.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I took it as a 44 ounce Sonic cup.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, and I I, I deal with this with humor because that's, yeah, the big gulp. And I, Mm -hmm. but what is interesting is I was married, I'm married. uh, My husband has never drank. Okay. ever. He's not a drinker. He was a leader of young life. He just has never drank. And so his agreement and my agreement was, he goes, I don't want our children to drink. I don't want them to see drinking. So if you're going to drink, you need to not let them ever see it. So I drank it in the big gulp cup.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So my mother dies very suddenly about 17 years ago. And mm-hmm. if you're Catholic, people bring you wine to your house, mm-hmm. copious amounts of wine and casseroles. I love the casseroles. And I'm mm-hmm. a good receiver of gifts. And so <laughs> I drank all the wine. So my mm-hmm. sisters came in for the funeral. They all go back. They live, you know, in other parts of the con- country or the, our country. And so I was kind of left alone with all this stuff. And mom lived three blocks away from me in Norman. And so it was really hard um, to have two small children Mm -hmm. and deal with this loss. Mm -hmm. And I was, it really shook me to the core, but you have to understand, I'm not going to church during this time because Mm -hmm. I had kind of decided I wasn't Catholic. And um, so I didn't really have a church home Mm -hmm. and I was really lost. So I'm drinking a lot and I realized I had a problem when we lived in Norman and our road got washed out and my friends are throwing boxes of wine over the ravine to me. Yeah. That is milk or bread for my children. They're throwing me wine. Might be your first sign you have a problem. Okay. Just a thought could be a thought. Yeah. You know, when Jack says, you know, who are we sending these Christmas gifts to? And I go, I call the support staff, which is like the mailman and the UPS man. And I always leave mm-hmm. little treats. And I was giving it to the liquor store owners. Yeah. Might be a sign.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: And so um it got really out of hand after a while. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: And and Karen, you said that was about 15 years ago, kind of just framing about that. In 17, your
1: 18 years ago, yeah.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha.
1: So with what you're saying, um, Karen, it was gradual.
2: It was, um, yeah, it was the most interesting thing. When I look back and I talk to people about it, it was like, I was going along normal, mommy's sippy cup.
0: Sure. I was
2: going to Bunko, which Jack called yeah. Drunko.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> uh, I was going to book club, which was just no book discussion, just drinking. Yeah. And this was all motherly kind of organizations, mm-hmm. mother time after we, have to eat. our husbands watch the kids and it just really was an excuse for, I thought to drink. And mm-hmm. a lot of my girlfriends did it too. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was, it was a really weird time. And then it was just very gradual. And then one day it was like, a, all I can explain, it's like a switch is flipped and I couldn't go back to the casual drinking anymore. I had to drink every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every okay. day at four o'clock. I had to get my kids home from school. I knew I wasn't driving anymore. And then I would drink. Okay.
1: Just the rest of the day.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I got, I'd never get like like falling down drunk. I was never a blackout drunk. I was more of a, just get so buzzed. And also I have like a hollow leg, so I can drink like more than any human being. It was a very expensive habit. And I just would drink so much um, that I was just numb. I just wanted to be numb.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to feel my mom's loss. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's uh, interesting how we... Want to numb out so bad and not be present, even though the best things are happening to us as far as having those children, absolutely having a marriage, and different things like that. But it's not about right then, necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's about things that have come up that you can't stop remembering that just put you on, for lack of a better term, hamster wheel that you don't want to remember anymore. And so I can remember one thing numbing me out for a little while. Then that didn't numb me out. So I went to the next thing. Right. And I got to a severe level of numbing out and everything. And I realized, you know what? I'm really toxic. And mine was right. with alcohol, but it really doesn't matter. I mean, I right. was I was seeking that out to not think, to not remember. And you get to the point where you can't choose when you're going to remember and when you're not because you don't get to choose anymore when you're numb and when you're not. Well, because your so, brain
2: is your brain. And then and yeah, you get you mad and you're, and then I'm like, well, I've got to keep drinking because I keep thinking about this.
1: Mm -hmm. My mom
2: is dead. That was the big thing for me is like, I'd wake up in the morning. And the first thing was be like, my mom's Mm. dead. Yeah. Poor Karen. My mom is dead. You know, I mean, instead of thinking, waking up and saying, oh my gosh, I can raise my hands. I have a loving husband laying in bed next to me. I have two beautiful, healthy children. Yeah. I can feed my family. You know, instead of counting my blessings, I was just so wallowing and mm-hmm. those feelings I had and like, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? I, my mom is gone. I was just, I remember just thinking so lost. Yeah. And then you just get to drinking and, or you get to any type of disorder and it's just, it keeps going. And it's literally like when I say, when it's the light is just, and you, not everybody has a switch. That's the mm-hmm. problem. Yes. Yeah. And it's just, to me, it's very troubling. And then going through covid Mm-hmm. And seeing how the biggest concerns with some of my friends was, how am I going to get the alcohol to my house? And I thought to myself, I'm scared for you because you don't know if you have the switch. And yeah. you're going to get caught in this house in the middle of this pandemic. And if this switch is flipped, it just, it's going to change your life. And I was really, really lucky. I am so, I count my blessings and I thank God every single day that my recovery has went the way it did. But I am a one percenter. Yeah. That yeah. it went the way it did. I didn't go to AA. I didn't do any of those things. I didn't have to go to rehab. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a funny story. Sure, share it. it please. It happened at... Um, It was OU Texas. First OU Texas we've ever taken our children to. And Jack did that. My husband is the fat Jack on the sports animal. So he had done a radio thing with uh, Jim Traber and all of them. We're staying at the Anatole. Well, they have a club level at the top.
1: Yeah.
2: And I was up there drinking wine. And my kids were eating all the snacks. And Jack comes back to the hotel room and we're supposed to go eat Mexican food. And I'm obviously very, very drunk, like more drunk than I've ever been. I was really mm-hmm. drunk. Yeah. And um he said to me, how many glasses of wine have you had? And I said, two. Well, I'd had like 22, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And he called up to the lounge and he asked them, how many glasses of wine have you served my wife? And they told him. And he said, and I, we don't lie in our relationship. We've been married 28 years. We have a, I'm a really blessed marriage. And he just said, I'm not gonna be married to a liar. And he said, and I I can't be married to a drunk. And he said, and if you're lying about this, what else is there, Karen? There really was nothing else but the drinking. And he said, I won't leave you, but I won't let you raise the children a drunk. You're gonna need to get help. And I got on my hands and knees In the bathroom, in front of the toilet, because I wasn't sure if I was going to barf or not, because this was pretty heavy stuff. And I begged God to fix me. Mm -hmm. And again, you have to understand, I'm not religious at this point. And I just was like, God, if you will just fix me, please don't let me drink again. You've got to fix me. Um, And I just kept praying that over and over again, please. And um, I never drank again. Wow. Now I'm not going to tell you I didn't want it. Now that's going to make it sound sure. like a fairy tale. At four o'clock every day to this day, my mouth waters. Um, mm. If you talk about wine, my mouth waters. Yeah. Like right now, it's just watering. Yeah. Wow. I miss it. If I go, I love to go to Greece. I love to go to Italy. Well, the vineyards there, the food there with a little taste of wine would be amazing. I know it would, but... I don't think I can just have that one glass, sure. I think I'd drink the whole bottle and then maybe go lay in the middle of the vineyard,
1: right. I mean, yeah. portion control is the problem. Yeah. Okay. You know, very interestingly, I did go to treatment. I thought I was going to be gone for six or seven weeks and I was gone for just under five months and wow. uh, for for the eating disorder part and self-harm and all that. And I can remember going around the circle when we were um, intensive treatment Mm -hmm. and uh, people would tell at different points of their treatment, uh, it was part of going through it to share your story. Right. And I would go in and I remember the day that I was about to share my story and I was having A fit, just bawling, just going. I don't want to say all of this. I don't. I don't want to go there. I just don't. It's exhausting. It it triggers a lot of things. Yeah. Um. I don't want people to go. Oh yeah, I went through that. I just couldn't. I didn't want to. Yeah. But when they did, when they would go around the circle and it would be somebody different each week, not we didn't couldn't handle just going around doing it. Um. I can remember just going, I'm overwhelmingly sad Yeah, and I'm used to my story. Right. Um, it's ongoing. I'm still yeah. in, you know, outpatient things and, and different things like that. So I'm very much still on the medical side of it and different right. things like that. But when I hear your story, Karen, I just have like this overwhelming feeling of, I just want to spit, say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you hurt so bad that you wanted to Mm self-medicate and we don't just wake up one day and arrive there. Mm -mm. It's like, um, it's like, I remember living, you know, in in small towns and there were these big hay bales and they would start out so small. And by the time I would get out of school, there would be 20 of these huge bales of hay. Right. Yeah. And I would go, how did that happen? I was just at school and there was this tiny bale of hay that wasn't even considered that. Yeah. Don't, wake up and get there. And neither did my kids. I'm not mm. just saying, you know what? I did so great. No, my kids grew up with a sick mama. Yeah.
2: My kids, mm. my son to this day, neither of my children drink to this day. Yeah, My son um, works on wall street and I even brought it up to him in New York. And I said, you know, he even pledged a frat and he got to yeah. dry rush. Now he says he never wants to drink. Um, what did he say? He said, like, I tried to serve like uh, the champagne, like the the apple cider champagne. Somehow I think that must have been part of his rush, but he's not a lover of the apple cider champagne. Sure. <laughs> but he, uh, you know, I just, my kids just grew up with an alcoholic. And so finally, like professionally, I guess somebody asked him in New York, they're like, hey, why don't you drink? And he said, my mom's an alcoholic. So I just choose not to. Hmm." and you know i for me jack and i were extremely open about this um, as i got more education my husband's uh, one of his best friends is a really big leader in aa and i would talk to him about different things and he helped me understand things and just the just like i've not to say it's a crusade but i just i worry especially for women and i worry that we especially my daughter is in marketing in Los Angeles. Yes. The science is they know exactly what they're doing and the packaging, these cute packaged little drinks like this, that you can buy. This is Pellegrino. This is bubbly (laughs) water. Oh yeah. You can now buy, these beautiful little drinks. I mean we had Bartles and James when we were kids, but they yeah. have like you can get a mule and you can get all these fancy drinks and cute little cans and the marketing is so cute. Oh yeah. I would love to have a cute can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's 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 marketing to women. It is I I am I am so passionate about this that, you know, the whole mommy's little sippy cup, this whole You go to gift shops here in the Metro and they're loaded with, with, with little napkins and little tea towels. You know, Mm -hmm. I try throw Christmas, a cookie party every year. So I always buy a inappropriate uh, dish towel, like something funny. Mm -hmm. And I have so much trouble finding one that isn't about getting drunk. yeah Yeah. they've all got wine on them they've They've all all wine it's get drunk you know and i'm like the problem is the women women are the most we're the most vulnerable of this and and the numbers are coming out right now that are astronomical the number of women that are suffering from alcoholism the number of women out here that are suffering quietly At home and doing just like I did, drinking out of the sippy cup, but mommy's drunk. I mean, yeah, there's, you know, and it's just one, I just worry there's one bad accident or something happens and because these, it's women and I just, I worry for that we really are just putting this verbiage out here for women that are really suffering. And, you know, like you said, I put something out on my Facebook page every so often when I read an article that is, they're just coming out with more and more data and it's just absolutely scary. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I put it out there, and you would be amazed. I had two or three every time I'll put something up on social media, like, "Hey, if you just need a friend or just someone to talk to, call me. I, I'll, I'll, I'll I'm an open book, and I'll try to find somebody to help you or someone to talk to. If it's not me, but I'm amazed at the women that have called me. These are women I never would have thought in a million years."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Are having an issue, and I'm so thankful for their courage because it's it's courage.
1: Oh yeah. yeah.
0: And I think the pandemic has left all of us these last several years just, you know, whatever maybe our our weaknesses are or our weak points. We're all just like crying out for relief, men oh, and yeah. Women. Oh, absolutely. And we're all just looking for that. And I think, you know, the only thing that can really fill our souls and meet those needs is our relationship with God. And yet we're just hungry for so many things to be, you know, we, we said all the time, I just wish things could go back to the way they were. Yeah. And yet, you know, I think we're not there yet and maybe we won't be there. Right. But, but in the meantime, we're trying to, I heard a podcaster recently just talk about it. It's like, you know, basically since, since Adam and Eve, you yeah. know, we've all been uh, struggling with certain feelings of shame or different issues right. in our life. And we've either been trying to compensate or medicate it since the beginning of time. That's the human condition. Absolutely, and yet I think the only thing that can really bring us to a place that those, even our shame, is 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 filled and, and covered and and released, is by the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ. And yeah. so, yeah. But I think Karen, I'm just sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful you're sharing your story yeah. because one, I just am just in awe of your vulnerability and your openness and honesty. I think what's amazing too is you're communicating hope through that. Yeah. We have the privilege of seeing you on the screen here. And yeah. we, we're hopeful to to be able to share some video as well yeah. as the audio. Right. Us. But I mean, I think that there's hope in that, but it's also hope because you're, you're sharing the reality of it. You're not mincing words. You're not covering it up. Mm-hmm. And I think, There's so many women listening to this podcast, men and women, that are connecting with what you're sharing. So thank you.
2: And you know, the church component actually was a miracle in and of itself too. So here I'm on my knees, not much of a relationship because I had stopped going to church for 10 years. And so one day, Julie Traber came up to me and she said, Hey, do you want to go to church with us? She knew I was really struggling after my mom. And I said, sure. So I started going to church with them. And then um, my good girlfriend, Carrie Hull down in Norman, she um, was part of the Baptist church. And she said, hey, her son and my son were friends. And she said, hey, do you want to come to a Bible study? And I said, you know, Carrie, I'm just not a Baptist. I'm afraid I'm going to cuss. I'm going to do something (laughs) bad. I I just don't know if I can do that. And she's like, well, Karen, they serve food. You might like it. And I was like, I think I can make that. That was the clincher. It was. I get there. I met the coolest group of women. There were a bunch of really younger moms than us. We had like grade school kids. We have more fun. We still kind of all talk in this group. And honestly, I've said that Carrie Hull is the reason. I mean, I got rebaptized. I mean, you know, I just, I really, Carrie made me see, you know, that there is going to be, I could have a relationship with God. I didn't necessarily need it to be um, a denomination. I just needed to learn to read the Bible and I needed to, you know, and then when I moved up to the city, I have the best group of girlfriends. We're a bunch of old football moms. And now we're just friends of friends Mm -hmm. as our kids have all grown up and we meet every Friday. And like, I was told you before I got on my phone's just ringing, like, pray for this, pray for that. And we are just a really interesting group of women because we're all so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And it's, it. that's what helped mm-hmm. me is that to learn to have a relationship with God that didn't necessarily have to be what I thought it had to be. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Sure. It doesn't no, have to great. be super, it was a personal relationship. And I never really understood that when I remember ministers talking about that personal relationship, and I'd be like, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is, I do talk to him. I'll be driving in the car and I'll be like, I need help today.
1: Yeah of well, a awesome. mess. Well, and,
0: and Karen, this not to throw you a curveball. You, so our listeners know, we had sent Karen a whole list of questions. She's so skilled as a member of the media. She's basically woven her whole story to answer all of our questions. And so, you know, we appreciate that. And really, we just we wanted to that. give you a few prompts to share your story because we were, were so wanting to hear that. Um, but just a, a question, maybe just to, and not to throw you a curveball, but uh-huh. um, out of what you're just sharing. Talk to us a little bit about, or maybe just give a little bit more, you know, show a little bit more about um, the value and the importance of community. Because what you're describing in these relationships is really such um, vital Christian community. And, you know, in the context of the church, outside the church, how has that not only played into your sobriety, but just maybe into what you would say is your outlook and your experience of life?
2: Well, I was really lucky, like with Carrie and, uh, in the basement of the Baptist church there in Norman, um, on those Tuesdays, uh, they were, Carrie didn't even know that I was doing this whole sober thing. I quit Drunko. I quit book club. I quit everything. I didn't go to tailgates anymore. And for a very social person that I am, I became very antisocial, except for this Bible study. And so... When I told Carrie years later that you didn't even realize what you were doing, she was ministering to me, but she didn't even know it. Sure. And I, those women, I just felt accountable to them for some reason, even though they didn't even know what I was going through at the time. Cause I'm really, was pretty private back then about it. I was, didn't want the shame of being, you know, a grade school drunk mom, but I was. Mm -hmm. And I was just trying really hard to stay sober. Um, And so like I joined a scrapbooking group on Saturday. So I love to go to tailgates, but there's a lot of drinking at them and I can't really do that. So I got crafty. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm very crafty. For me, the most important thing for me was to have a community. and And then I immediately, when I came up here to Heritage Hall, I up here in North Oklahoma City, I told my Bible study group, you know, I don't drink. That's not my thing. Now they, some of them do, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. And for me, the best thing I found in my groups and in church and through my readings is that I just try to really follow. I feel like a lot of people have messed up the Bible in a lot of ways by cherry picking it. So if you're going to cherry pick it, Let's do it the right way. Because pretty much the only thing he says the most in there is you got to love everybody. And I mean, the scuzzier, the dirtier, the more issues that person has, God loves that person a lot. He yeah. wants you to fix that person. He wants you to love that person. And you don't have to fix them. That's his thing. You just have to love them. Yeah. And, and my groups have really helped me understand that, that all of them. Thoughts I had about the Bible and all of my crisis of faith that I had is that I was not getting the right messages. I was getting bogged down with all the rules that my certain religion had that I didn't feel like I could follow or live up to. But Mm -hmm. really, it's just love everybody and don't judge anybody. That's not our job. Mm -hmm. Just love, 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 love. Mm -hmm. So I try Mm -hmm. to do that. I try to, you know, I talk to the drunk or to the homeless guy that obviously has some addictions, passing out stuff. I talk to him, yeah. you know, I take a moment to try to visit with somebody that's not going to hang out with me on a Saturday night. Yeah. Sure.
0: Karen, one of the things, and I've told Stacy this, even just, I've seen it a lot recently in her life, but it's always been there. And I, and I say, I just see this and hear this in you too is that you two are just really incredible at seeing people. You know, I, I think a lot of us can walk by somebody or just you get busy, and you get focused, and you really don't see somebody, meaning you don't see what's their heart. You don't see what's going on. And I hear a lot from what you're saying is is seeing past maybe even a very difficult, rough exterior, a very broken exterior. And when we can see past that and somebody can speak love into their life, I think that's incredible. I mean, I go to Target with Stacy, and I don't know if Jack goes to Target with you. I will go Stacy, and I just know yes. we're going to camp out for an hour because right. Stacy She's making has re- she has relationships built over time yes. with a lot of the ladies that work at Target. And yes. we go from one to the other
2: yeah. and there
0: is, there is hope and encouragement. And yes. however you define ministry, there's ministry happening there because whether that person knows or not, the love of God is being shared from one person to the other.
2: Right. And And I think
0: that's just amazing.
2: And it doesn't have to be like I was really bogged down with, I thought I had to recite Bible verses. Like, let me tell you in James 1 2, he said, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's what I thought ministry was supposed to be. Sure. Ministry is just reaching your arms out and your hands out, like, and just talking to somebody and just, you know, um, I became friends with the lady at the Brahms that used to work over here and she was a single mom and I would encourage her and I'd visit with her. I'd go in two or three times a week and, you know, and I told her I was going to Rome and that being an old Catholic, I really wanted to go to the Vatican. And she was like, oh, Miss Karen, she goes, I am Catholic and I will never get to go to Rome but I love St. Francis, the new Pope. And I said, yes, he's a good man. He's a. And she said, if you go, will you please leave an offering for me? And I said, well, of course I will. So instead, I, I obviously did the offering and all of that for her, but I got her a rosary mm. and I brought it back to her and she sobbed and she just was like, nobody's ever given me anything like this. Wow! just given her. And, you know, and here is this mom who's working at Brahms. She was so nice. She was like this little tiniest lady and she would smile at everybody and ask about everybody. And she was always exuding all this love, but I don't know if anybody had ever given her love, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. her struggles. And I just, sometimes I think if we would just all slow down and stop worrying about the junk on this phone or what the Twitter says, or all of that junk and just go back to talking to people like, Hey, did you know, teenagers, this is a phone. You speak (laughs) into it. You don't use your (laughs) thumbs. It's an amazing, it's amazing. (laughs) You can hear voices.
1: Mm -hmm. And I just,
2: I think we've got to get back to speaking to people.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Well, and what, what we have discovered over time are those people who are in our community and um along our path when we consistently show them that love yeah. they basically lead into me witnessing to them because they'll say why why do you care about right why right. why do you see me why do you come in here sometimes it's almost like they're frustrated that they don't get it yeah. why are you investing in me right and then that leads right into me being able to say yeah. because God did that for me right Exactly. Will do that for you. Right. And then you've got a deeper relationship that starts then because then not only are they understanding your motive and it's not to get something from them, but to give. But I can walk in sometimes to different places and I'll be missing my girls because I know they're supposed to be in Dallas. I know they're doing exactly what God wants them to do. That doesn't mean my heart's not aching and missing them. And I'll walk into a place and I'll have tears streaming and I can't contain them, you know, and they'll come to me and say, Miss Stacy, what's wrong? And I'll get to share with them. Because of forgiveness, I have a relationship with my girls, Yeah. and this mama's heart is missing them so bad. Now I get to see them all the time. Right. I'm just, I'm just yeah. that mom, and so I get it. But it's just he just God is so full circle. Yeah, he doesn't just let me and us just be these good moral people because yeah. I'm a mess, like you're talking about. I'm a total mess, and yeah, for us to get to lead into that conversation of. Why do I love you? And why do I look forward to seeing you and different things like that? And why, why do I still have these emotions and these, you know, these feelings and that God still lets me have. Right. And it's just so good to us to just not even leave it to us to witness. He just ushers that in by their questions. And he it's makes so it fun.
2: easy. He, he makes does. it easy. And a lot of those people are so turned off by religion. Yeah. yeah. They, they they have been judged. They have Mm -hmm. been, been treated a certain way. And they're like, I don't want any part of what you, you got. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. and I never even talk religion with people. I'll Mm -hmm. just be nice. Just be nice. Mm -hmm. And, and and like you say, it'll be more organic. They'll have Mm -hmm. questions and then you'll have, you can then say, Hey, what about this? Mm -hmm. You know, I
0: think one of the things we're finding is that, and, and we're blessed to get to do this podcast and, and, you know, we can put something out like this that, uh, you know, we know at least more than just our families listening. We're not sure, you know, Absolutely. how far it goes. Yeah. But we know that at least. But what keeps coming back over this last month, even as Stacy and I have been making some big steps to to take Speak Out Loud to a nonprofit status and to try to right. really, how can we expand the reach of, of what this is doing? But yet, almost daily, it comes back to this journey or story with one. Right. And and I can even think last night we had dinner with an old friend and really, you know, the purpose of that dinner ended up being to provide hope and encouragement in some certain areas of their life. And yeah. there's the young lady that, that we've had a chance to just reach out to recently and give one of Stacey's books to. Mm-hmm. And, and a week later, we're hearing how it's changing her life. And I think yeah. we have, you just have to
2: meet them where they are. And that's yeah. what you're doing is you're you're just you're offering up some vulnerabilities and it's making them be like, Oh, and I think a lot of people look and sometimes we'll look at people of faith and they're like, Oh, they're perfect. They've lived mm-hmm. the perfect life. Everything's been just look at them. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, we've mm-hmm. all had struggles. And like my husband, my husband has Tourette's mm-hmm. and he shakes and a lot of people don't know that. And he tells people all the time. He's like, actually it was coach shell's wife who told me this once she said, look, if everybody threw their problems into a basket, I can probably promise you we'd all be jumping in to grab our own back. Mm
0: Yeah.
2: And she just is right. And we all have something and it's, it's just being able to accept that and then use, use what's hurting you to try to help other people. Mm -hmm. And that's my thing is I just, if I could just give a little bit of hope to somebody Mm -hmm. and show them that there is an easier way, there are ways to get away from it. You know, Mm -hmm. there is a way. And, and honestly, I couldn't have done it without God. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of was my deal was that I did tell God later on, I said, look, if this actually works, I mean, he and I have a really kind of a blunt relationship. And I just said, look, this whole thing you've got going can really keep me sober then guess what? Mm-hmm. I promise I'll tell my story someday and I won't. And so it was very strange because I didn't win this Paula Dean stuff or became a TV for, I was just a mom. Yeah. And then I won all that. Isn't that interesting mm-hmm. that I won this where I do have a platform to be able to talk about it, where somebody might want to listen to me. I just mm-hmm. think that's interesting that like when people don't believe that God is moving in their lives,
1: Oh, he is. Oh, yeah. he is. You just got to be there and listen yeah. for it. I that's think awesome. that's so important. I just think that's wonderful. I think that's exactly true. And I think that sometimes why I don't wipe the tears away is because they know that I have a relationship with God because I verbalize it when God puts that on my heart. Some people I haven't yet. I'm waiting on his timing for that. Yeah. But I feel like when... They do see that I do have those emotions and feelings that everything is not perfect. That they maybe will think, you know what? I don't have to have my act together to come to this right. Jesus that I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. I certainly can't take credit for this. I'm pretty sure it was Craig Rochelle of Life Church that said this. He's a very quotable pastor, obviously. Yeah. yeah. He said, I remember seeing this somewhere. He said, you know, we try to impress people with our strengths, the things that are good about us. But we genuinely connect with people. We talk about our weaknesses and our hurts well, and our and our brokenness. And that's probably a little yeah. bit expounded, maybe not an exact quote, but I, I'm sure. That's he's, an interesting that thought. Originated, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: That it's our brokenness that. that brings us together because it makes us all more human. It's, yeah. it's not, it's unhuman to be perfect. Because as my daughter so eloquently screamed one night as she was being reprimanded by her father for lying about her phone. She said, daddy, there is only one person who's never sinned. And you know who that is? And my (laughs) son and I were like, oh. (laughs) She goes, Jesus. And we went, oh, she played the Jesus card. (laughs) (laughs) So we laugh about that to this day. Like, like, there's only been one person. And we all go, Jesus, because Katie Ross. Yeah, and about this size with blonde, curly, crazy hair. My That's husband great. was like, he had met his match. It was my yes, favorite. Yes, it was. It was. It was like him fighting a mirror. It was awesome.
0: Oh man! <laughs> well, and just from the, having listened to him on the radio, to have have him meet his match has got to be pretty incredible to see. So yeah. Oh,
2: it is. I know my mother has got the greatest front row seats to the ultimate WWE battle in the
1: cage match of Katie Ross versus her dad. Berkeley. It is awesome. All right. I love that. Well, as we close this off, Karen, can you tell us, well, this is something we ask uh-huh. every single time Okay, because it's so encouraging. How are you finding your hope? What, you know, where are you seeing hope? How are you um, experiencing hope right now in your life? How do I experience hope? Well, um,
2: I experience a lot of hope by talking to people, getting out there. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll just make friends with anybody. My husband's the same way, Doug. He has trouble. He's like, we go in and you end up giving a pudding class in the middle of the Catfish Cove and making a couple (laughs) new friends. Uh And I'll talk to somebody about, I love to talk or visit and make a new friend. Mm -hmm. and, and that is the hope that I see is that people are still willing to talk and they're still willing to want to share with people. And I think that, that that's the deal is we need to try to, my hope is just to keep having that human er interaction. And I know there's hope Mm -hmm. because I go to my Bible study group, my girls, and I just we're always just caring about each other or worrying about somebody who's a friend of a friend of a friend. I mean, I'm praying for people. I wouldn't even know if they bit me on the back of the ankle, Sure, but I'm going to pray for them. You know, and I just, you know, it's, that's the hope is that there's still people out there that are, they care and want to care about everybody. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if anybody ever has a question, you know, drop me a DM, I'm very private, you know, whatever you want to tell me is between you and I, I'm a vault. My husband's like, Karen, people tell you the craziest stuff. And I'm like, you'd be amazed at what I've got in my vault. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, th- that's one incredible gift, an incredible gift you offer and give to others. And, uh, we, we host this podcast. We do this podcast to bring hope and Karen, we can definitely say tonight, you are a hope giver. That's right. You're a hope giver to us. And, yeah. uh, well, I know there's so many people that are listening and connecting with your story, with your message. You are a hope giver to them. Well, and I'm just you. sitting here thinking of I, I've a book I just picked up and there was a podcast I heard about at first. And the author had taken this quote and, and turned it into the title of his book. But I just think it's really just appropriate as I was thinking about your story, your life. And it said, um, beautiful people don't just happen. You could read that and think, oh, it's all about we have to strive so hard to be beautiful and all Mm -hmm. these things. Mm -hmm. But really what the quote intended was the the, kind of the subquote to that was it's the people that have gone through the mess, that have gone through the fire, that have gone through the hurts, that when something when somebody needs something, they're the people of substance that can deliver. And it just said beautiful people don't just happen. And I think. You're one of those beautiful people. Oh, and thank you, Stacy well, you, are. you are too. You yeah. both
2: are. And this is yeah. I love like your you. your podcast that out loud. I think we're going to be a much better place if we all get to a point where we can ask for help and ask, yeah. even you know. And at hard. It's hard at first. I I remember it's very hard, but when you speak to somebody, your vulnerabilities, you. It's just you're letting it out a little bit. And you the person you could be talking to, it could be me, Stacy. You, you just don't know. And then they can speak into your life. You just don't know what beautiful things can happen if you That's just right. live your life out loud a little bit. That's, That's right. right.
0: Well, thank you for that. Karen, as we wrap up, would you tell thank everybody you. the best places to find you on the socials or just however <laughs> uh, to connect with you if they yeah. want to learn Let's more, here.
2: On the Google box. No, I'm just joking. I'm not that bad. <laughs> My kids. Okay. So let me look myself up. I am Karen Ross on uh, Facebook. Uh, will be Karen Ross. Um, Karen Sassy Mama Ross. Okay. I'm Super Sassy Mama on Twitter. And I'm also in that same Sassy Mama thought on Instagram. I'm trying to do TikTok. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really bad at it I mean I don't want to dance I don't yeah. want to do any so a lot of times I'm just TikToking like my husband just says crazy stuff all the time so I just a lot of times just turn it on and listen to him act like an idiot mm-hmm. and people seem to enjoy it yes we yes. do especially if he's fighting <laughs> bees or hornets it's usually a pretty yeah. good show <laughs> but I think weird. yeah so that's I'm trying TikTok but it's really bad <laughs> okay.
0: Well, and you can also catch Karen on News Nine and her weekly segments there, right. and certainly just by googling her, you can you can track her down. It's Karen with the C. My sister's Karen with the K, so I want to clarify it's Karen with the C.
2: And let's talk about Karens. We yes. are getting a really bad rap right now. That's so true. That's true. Karen Getzinger is a nice young woman, nice girl. She was younger than me. She was my sister's age. I'm Karen with a soft C. Come on, you You are. And sometimes you you definitely are both
0: redeeming. You're both redeeming, Karen's for sure. I'm
2: trying. I just tell (laughs) people now if I have to call customer service and they ask what your name is, I say my name is Bubbles.
1: (laughs) 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 Well, it's a pleasure to meet you and nice to meet meet you. you. Yeah. And thank you so much for for you know just pouring into our lives for this hour. Um, We appreciate you so much, Karen. Well, thank you you for having me.
0: Bye. Well, hey, everybody, Bye. as we wrap up um, again, just what an hour, what, a, what some time we spent together. Thank you for listening. Uh, we know you've been encouraged today. And that's that's why we do this. And that's why we're here to share and, and to host this podcast. A mm-hmm. um, couple of quick things. If you have not yet checked out the new Speak Out Loud website, we'd love for you to go find it. We, we work this summer to create a one-stop shop for all things Speak Out Loud. So the podcast, Stacey's book, Uh, How to connect with Stacy about speaking opportunities? Um, Just a number of ways you can get connected. It's SpeakOutLoud.me, so .m.e. But you can find us there, and and um, hopefully have a really user friendly experience. Check us out on social media, both Facebook, Instagram page. We have not yet gotten to the TikTok world. I think our kids (laughs) might disown us if we tried, but uh, we have not yet that area yet. But don't maybe start
1: we with a dance video. Don't so do the dance video. Yeah. No, don't start no, with that. No, Kids I'm will not going to do it. Pass out I'm your not do it. No. But also, um, in November 11th through 13th, I'm going to be speaking at a conference in Norman. Yay. And it's called Women of Merit Conference. Yay. And I'm real excited about it. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to be doing that. Also, always be looking at our merchandise and everything like that. We're excited about it. So, yeah. We have a Those lot are all going. the ways
0: to connect. And, and we love for you to do so. And uh, just thank you again and for the Speak Out Loud podcast. Until next week. Hey, friends. What a powerful story from Karen. We can't thank her enough for coming on the Speak Out Loud podcast, being willing to share her story shared just with vulnerability. I I appreciated how she said, you know, she's an open book. And I think you saw that and heard that as you listened to this episode. And I also know Karen enough to know she's genuine when she says, hey, reach out to me. You know, one of the things that really struck me is Karen shared her story of recovery. A key element was the group of people she surrounded herself with. I appreciated what she said when she said that she and her husband didn't share any secrets. So there was an openness, there was a discussion, You know, she was bringing her story, her struggle out of the shadows. There's the old saying that we are as sick as our secrets. That's a key element to recovery and a key part of this is coming out of the shadows and bringing it into the light, the light of God, the light of others, to find healing there. So as we think about this story and Karen's story, one of the things we would encourage you to do if you find yourself sharing in this or connecting with Karen's story in a certain way and sharing in her struggle, We would encourage you to find and reach out to a recovery group in your area to seek and to get help. We know that there are many groups out there in Oklahoma City, and central Oklahoma, and expanding out from here now. There's a great recovery program going on called Hope is Alive. They have sober living houses now around Oklahoma, but even beyond Oklahoma, in Texas, Kansas, even all the way to North Carolina. So wherever you may find yourself, that's a great resource Hopeisalive.net. Check them out. I think there could be some great help for you. Wherever you may find yourself listening to this, another great resource is Celebrate Recovery. If you Google Celebrate Recovery, it'll take you to their website. Many, many locations across the United States offer Celebrate Recovery groups. And you can connect through that, connect with people seeking to live a sober lifestyle, seeking to, to find recovery from the challenge they are facing And you can find help there. So look at Celebrate Recovery. And then again, AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, another great group to reach out to. So as you think about this, if you find yourself in a place thinking, I have a story similar to Karen's. I would like to find some help. Don't try to go it alone. We are only as sick as our secrets. We need others in our lives. We can connect with others to find help, hope, and healing so check out some of these resources. We're also going to put these in the show notes along with information about Karen and how to connect with her. And as she offered even the opportunity to uh, to DM or to respond to her, I think that was genuine. I know she has a heart to encourage and help others as well. God bless you guys for listening today. We pray for you. We have hope for you. We know there's light for you in your journey of recovery. And God bless you as you walk that road. See you next week, everybody.